Blog Talk Radio. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Joy. That is right. This is not a test. It's the... Real thing. It's the ChristCast 2020 podcast. My name is Jason Dias alongside... Kiki Culpepper. It's two generations with... One mission. Hey, I finally nailed the intro. Hey, we've done this. Oh, yes. It took till the end of January. I finally nailed the intro. Hey, folks, thank you for listening to the show. That was our dear friend, Mrs. Mrs. Patch, whom we love. And that was actually from the 2016... Cross Lutheran Church and School Gala video. That was your that was your eighth grade year Bible verse. And See, so, you remember that? I don't. Well, I remember that w- that was one of the last things we talked about on the Crosscast. It was our last uh, show. And if um, y'all been listening since the Crosscast, <laughs> you go a long ways back. We're going to talk about the Crosscast later in the show as it pertains to next week's show. But I remember when that show ended, I kept having to say that verse to myself because over the summer I was kind of bummed out that we had ended the show and didn't know what to do. And then that day I picked up the phone and called your mom and said, hey, you think Kiki would do another podcast? Could she put up with me for another four years? And here we are. Here we are. Hey, last week, Kiki had a great line about fake news. news. That was a running joke in our journalism class because... We had one chapter over fake news, so anytime something was wrong, we were like, fake news! There are some who believe that almost all journalism these days is fake news, but we're going to start a new segment uh, today called Good News. Fake news. Hey, the good news is the tomb was empty, Jesus Christ has risen, but ripped from the fake news headlines, the fake news is... That the world is going to end in seven years. Wow, prediction, just like 2012, we're all going to die. But only God really knows when the world is going to end. It could be in a million years, it could be right now, or it could just be on a 2 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Absolutely, nobody knows, and I think it's... I think it's insidious that there are young people growing up. I mean, I was in second grade, had to write a little theme on my big chief tablet. No offense, oh, anybody. Gosh. Because National Geographic had run a story about global cooling and had to write about what would we do on summer vacation if it was snowing outside. You okay? live in Texas. Yes, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter, and it never happened. So it went from global cooling to global warming to well, climate change, well, and now the world's ending. World. Yes. Folks, we're back in 2012 when the world began. Yes, especially if you're one of these young homeschoolers that listen. Listen, and we're going to talk about that today because First Thessalonians deals with end times. There's a big fancy word for it called eschatology, eschatology. Um, that deals with end times. And so the First Thessalonians, uh, the church in Thessalonica, Naka, uh, is wondering about that, and that's part of the letter that Paul sends to the city that Jesus Christ will be returning, but nobody knows. In fact, the Apostle Paul says it is like a thief in the night. So he's unexpected. He's unpredictable. He'll show up when he wants to, not according to our own will. Um, if you've ever been robbed, um, they don't usually call you and say, no. "Hey, I'm going to be there this afternoon when you're Just at be work." Like, Have huh. all your stuff out in the front, <laughs> yeah. boy. 
Yay, and I'll come pick it up. Could you unplug the HDMI cable in the back of the TV? Because we don't really need that. That makes my job a little bit easier. Uh, One of the things I always encourage, and you've heard me say this on the show before, is to get an archaeological Bible. But in reading this book of the Bible, there was a great note in there about travel in the Greco-Roman world, which was the world of the Apostle Paul. And it was by two primary means that people traveled. You either... You either walked everywhere, or you sailed... Or if you were really fancy, you got a horse. <laughs> yes, you might have a horse. The Romans or had even horses. A donkey. Yes, they weren't indigenous to Israel, but the Romans did bring them into what was called Judea at the time. What I think is fascinating, and we talked about that 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You hear people say things like, "God has a plan for the world," right? God has and a he plan does. For everyone. He does for everyone at every time. Well, when the Romans built those roads, they were doing it to control the people in their empire. However, ultimately, those roads were... They were used to spread the word of the gospel by traveling just by foot and by foot, sailing. Yeah. They got, the, word, the gospel got everywhere yeah. just by those two means. So why can't we spread the gospel now with so many other different ways. Absolutely. With all the communicative mediums we have on, it's going to be one of my rants later in the uh, semester. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. We're already yeah, starting like a list of rants. We really got to do, do a whole one-hour show on those. But Oy. as an example, the road that runs through the city in Macedonia that we're talking about today, Thessalonica, Anika, Naka, I can never say it the yeah, right way, the one in the Bible, it's still there. The Via Ignatia is still a road that you will see if you're in Macedonia by any chance, Kiki, you will ride on that road through the main cities uh, through Albania. It kept the eastern and the western part of the Roman Empire hooked together and was used methodically by the Apostle Paul and some of his cronies to spread the good news. And most academics believe that if the Apostle Paul had a Fitbit, or an eye watch. He traveled um, about 10,000 miles by foot and by sea, which is for him. pretty That's impressive. more than yeah. most people would ever do. It's more than I do in a, in a in a year, and this guy did it in four or five years. It did actually. I've decided as we've made our way through the Bible, the person that I've got to know the most that was kind of a surprise that I didn't know a lot about was I- Luke. I really enjoyed getting to know about Luke, but after Jesus Christ, I got to say the Apostle Paul is probably the second most important human being that's ever graced the face of the earth. I feel like a lot of people do know a lot about Paul, but underestimate how much they actually know about him. Well, listen, after the break, we're going to talk about his first letter to the Thessalonians, and we're going to do it all right after this. himself will come down from heaven with a commandeering shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise again from their grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Every day I wrestle with the voices that is describing the end times. That is describing what's going to happen. We're going to get there in your favorite book of the Bible. In Revelation. Revelation. Buckle up. Yes, that's going to be. We might have to do that one in two parts. Let's talk about before we get there. There's that's lots of. Un- not too far from there. We're going to be in Greece. Uh, in fact, where are we? You may be asking. I will tell you. We are in Corinth. The Apostle Paul is in Corinth. He's not in jail this time. Yes, he's not in jail right now. It's been a recurring theme. (laughs) Yes, it's about 50 A.D. Ish. And of course, who wrote the book? 
we just talked about him. Paul wrote, helped write the book from Silas and Timothy. Timothy's kind of like his right-hand man. Timothy helping him out with everything. And we're going to get to the books of Timothy a little bit later in the semester here. Um, but let's talk about what are the big ideas in First Thessalonians. Um, one of the things that you heard in that opening verse about rejoice always is really specifically talking about rejoice even in the bad times. The Apostle Paul talks about persecution as part of the gig. You suffering. Signed up for you this. signed up for this. Suffering for our belief in Jesus Christ. We kind of expect it, don't we? Yes. Because part of the thing is people say, oh, I'm a believer in Christ. Everything's going to be hunky dory. We're going to be just fine. But that's the complete opposite. Life is just kind of going to get harder. But it kind of gives us a bigger crutch to lean on yeah. almost. Because. Life is going to get harder, but we have a better crutch underneath us. Like I've said, I've faced more resistance from this sh on this show, about this show, not from atheists, not from Hindus, not from Buddhists, not from other religions, but from other... Christians. Absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the other big idea is... Christian living should be moral and respectful. Just because it doesn't line up with moral standards doesn't mean it's necessarily always wrong. Yeah. But sin does keep does not keep you from showing God's grace to other people who are not of the faith. But immoral behavior does not help us spread the Christian faith. That's what's giving us this bad image because Christians are exclusive. They say, oh, we, you can't come in our church. You don't dress a certain way. You don't act a certain way. You're not of a certain color almost <laughs> sometimes. True. Very, very, very true. Uh, and then uh, the last big idea in this book. Uh, Paul writes this letter to the Thessalonians. He loves this church. He's encouraging them. He gets the report back from Timothy that things are going well in this particular church. This is a huge city, uh, by the way, in the Roman Empire. It's on the harbor. It's got the best harbor in the Greco-Roman uh, world. Yeah. So it's a very cosmopolitan city. A lot of different beliefs coming in and out. Oriental religions and things like that. You big wouldn't city. find. Yeah, big city. And so they have one question, as a lot of us do, and that is, what are the end times? Now, the problem was a lot of the people in Thessalonica think it's going to be tomorrow, so they've stopped working, they've stopped far har farming and harvesting. And Paul is saying, no, live your lives. But yes, Jesus Christ is going to come back, and those of us who have died and have believed will be raised first. So let's talk about how we apply this today. Um, like we said earlier, Expect some persecution and some pushback when you're talking to people about Jesus Christ. However, Any religion topic is yes, going to be sensitive, but be confident in the work that you're doing. I have full faith in it because if you're going in kind of hesitant, that's not going to give them a good image about who we are. No, you used the word passion last week, which I love. Be passionate about it. They said flavor with salt last flavor week. Salt. Uh, maybe flavor it with sugar, brown sugar these days, since salt has a different mm. meaning. But that is something I struggle with, impatience. And, you know, I don't understand how people can't believe when you examine this stuff from an academic standpoint, the very people that don't believe in God lean on things that should actually prove the existence of God and the existence of Jesus Christ. So be confident and, like I said, expect a little pushback. And then, of course, living a good moral life isn't always easy, and but it is the best way to convert the skeptical, to have a relationship with the person first, getting to know them, being friendly, have a deep connection with them, then take them to church, no. then start talking about religion and different topics when you're more comfortable with them. Because if you just go up to somebody saying, you should go to church, no. that sounds no. threatening. <laughs> I wouldn't want good. that. 
It's like when people tell you to do something on Facebook. That's like an automatic thing where I go. You're just like red flag. Red flag, nope, not nope. doing it, not sharing it. Anyway, so folks, um, I encourage you again, not a very long book of the Bible. You could read this before the service starts. If you go to church where I go to church, you can read almost the entire New Testament before the oh, service starts gosh. because of the 45 songs. But oh, mm. that's me being salty. Sorry. Mm. Extract mm. that. All the music is great where I go to church. Have have no doubt about it. But it is a very short book of the Bible. There's a lot of great lessons in it. And what I find interesting is that people have the same questions 2,000 years ago that we have today. You know, I used to think that maybe Jesus was not physically coming back to earth, but that when the entire world was a Christian world, that's like... But it was refreshed. Yes, it's back here. But no, in everything that I've read and everything that I've studied, there is a physical return expected of Jesus Christ. We will know when yes, it happens. Yes, we'll know when it happens. There, there will be several different si- signals coming beforehand. And remember, young people, nobody knows when that's going to be. Uh, little Swedish Live teenagers don't it know. Live matter. your life. Live a good life. Be happy. Rejoice always. Pray Rejoice without speaking. Always. Hey, folks, next week is going to mark, believe it or not, four years since we uh, interviewed the CEO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy. We're still big fans of Chick-fil-A on this show. It, to me... That was the show we became this. Whatever we've become, whatever this this is, that was the show. (laughs) Yes, and and, and in retrospect, the Chick fil A interview was a mixed blessing for me. On one hand, it was fun that weekend to be the post on Facebook that everybody was sharing and everybody was talking about. In our small Facebook. In our small little school, which you would usually get about 60 or 70 listens to the show every week. That show had over 240 listens by the end of the weekend. And I just kind of kept it going. Yes, and it really kept it rocking and rolling. But the mixed blessing part was it hit me that when we came back from that show, it was February, and it had been my experience coaching the academic teams at Cross Lutheran that after PSIA, the academic competition, which was held in February, the year would fly by and I realized our show was coming to an end and I wasn't really making peace with that. I wasn't prepared for that. I said, there's so much more I want to say and do on this show, but that's a conversation for another time. We're going to have a relapse of that once it hits May. Yeah, I'm not even going to think about it. But like I said, I'm trying to be joyful about it. Rejoice always. I keep reminding myself of that. I'm excited for next week. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, you'll get to hear. Uh, we got a condensed interview that we did. It was actually a really good interview I that we did. Kiki does sound a little bit. In fact, somebody said to me uh, last week, one of my Army buddies has been listening to the show, and his grandmother started listening to the show. Aww. And she goes, I just love that little Kiki. And uh, I said, she's actually not little. She's very athletic. I'm <laughs> She's actually pretty. I think she's pretty tall. But anyway. I'm average You can't tell. Um, but, but athletic. And anyway, but you will hear that next week. We'll do that during the break on the Second Thessalonians show. So tune in. You don't want to miss this. Yeah, because it's not on this channel. It's on the old Crosscast channel. Hey, but until then, my name is Jason Dyes alongside Kiki Culpepper. You've been listening to the Christcast 2020 podcast and to God be the glory. There ain't no practice runs in life.